He's basically Raiden. I don't know if we said this. <laughs> we, <laughs> I feel like after 100 episodes, we probably should have mentioned this part because we do a lot of crossovers of lore and stuff like that. If you know Mortal Kombat, Kenan is Raiden. <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode 106, part one. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hedge. And much like Mel Brooks, there is no part two. This is just... <laughs> oh, wait, that's not even true anymore. Okay, yeah. <laughs> There'll be a part two. I'll allow it now. <laughs> once again, dating ourselves. This is... <laughs> This is one of those special episodes, uh, before we get into housekeeping, which is always up top, um, where we're bringing this one into two parts because this one deserves time. Not only are we excited, as always, to get in this stuff, um, since we're finally talking about the ninja world, we just had our canon episode, so if you listen to that one, I'll give you a little bit of insight here. This isn't, usually this is where like a canon story would go. Um, this story does have canon in it, but it does focus more on the broader ninja world um, in Ionia, which is on purpose uh, as we get into further content. So we're breaking this one in two parts because it's very long. Um, this is going to be a long one. So the first part will, I mean, the whole story is 12 sections um, to this story. So we're splitting into two parts, six sections per. A story is best told in three parts. So each part of each episode will have two sections where the content, you get it. The math works out. Don't worry. We did it for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, like, and, you know, long-time listeners aren't going to be surprised that, like you said, a story is best told in three parts, and they're also not going to be surprised that before we jump into the story, we have to start up top. And what's up top? The housekeeping, right? Where can you listen to us? Everywhere. That's the answer. Where can you email us? Podcastcore at gmail.com. That's C-O-R, not C-O-R-E. I know some people have been confused by that, so I don't know who's getting those emails. I'm sorry. Um, as far as our info, you can find it all at podcastcore, same spelling, dot com, uh, and then you can find us on any platform and follow us there, um, or follow us on all the platforms, because that helps with discoverability. We appreciate it. Leave comments, reviews, but the easiest way is word of mouth. So tell a friend to pass the time during another useless work meeting by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. Oh, it's too true. <laughs> uh, work meetings are always useless. And if you've accidentally emailed podcast core, C-O-R-E, go ahead and shoot them back another email and tell them to listen to us too. <laughs> Word of mouth, baby. <laughs> Word of mouth, baby. So let's hit the ground running with Nike's um, Ninja Edition. This main topic is the bow and the kunai. Uh, that will be explained more as we tell the story. And we start with part one. So once again, this is a long one, but we start with a story following a character we don't know. Who's Faye? A 12-year-old Kinku novice hunting for a silver a silver boar with uh, her fellow novices uh, around her age. She is on the older side. I think there's one kid who's 13 in this group. Mm-hmm. But a bun- bunch of uh, rambunctious kids running around, uh, and they hope to succeed in this little self-given mission so they can prove that you know they can now level up in the kinku order and become actual acolytes that's their goal um because at this point in the story the kinku have recently endured attacks right we're at the point post noxus invasion um we're at the point post zed doing his thing 
uh, and killing off some folks. So they're in a rough spot. We're at the low of this specific Kinku yeah. order. Um, yeah. So listen to our yeah, slang so and we, our Irelli episodes and stuff like that for more info. Yeah, yeah. We we do cover it a lot in our other Ionia episodes, especially like our Shen and Zed episodes. Yeah. Um, but the main thing to remember is that these kids are hunting this boar while the while the Kinku order is essentially at its lowest point. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so quick second for spoilers, if you haven't listened to those episodes, second over. So this is... <laughs> So the this is after we have Shin's dad killed by Zed, and we also have which um, we didn't really get to cover until we were covering Kenan's story. We have a new Fist of Shadow who is Maim, and the previous Fist of Shadow was also killed during Zed's betrayal. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're at right now, and so these kids want to prove themselves because they feel like they have to. Uh, so. Which is a yeah, rough spot to be in. The, the, I'm happy you brought that up because the ideal was supposed to be, you know, obviously due to Shen and Zed coming up together, Zed would have been the new Fist of Shadow, right? Obviously, that didn't work out, um, which has led to this imbalance. And we've if you listened to Kenan's episode, obviously, leading into this. You understand where that balance, um, why that balance is so important. And not only are they off balance, they're still being invaded, right? These There's skirmishes still happening around the island that we'll get into, or not the, well, the general space. Um, and it's not just one realm either. It's two realms, right? The spirit and the mortal. So obviously this is causing many of the King Order. So the people that are left, even some of those people are just losing faith in the, the mission, right? And just leaving on their own volition. So their numbers are weakened. So we focus back on these kids that are in their own little bubble and they're chasing this boar and it bursts from the spirit realm. So it's a spirit boar that's traveling between both realms and it begins heading towards these children they try to bait it and guide it according to this plan that Faye came up with and before Faye could deliver the killing blow um, with her bow and arrow which is her 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 main weapon uh a girl leaps from the shadows ho- hopping on the back of the boar and swinging a rope trying to get it around its head and it keeps bucking around and fi- we find out that this girl is a collie a young collie the youngest of the group uh, and she ruins Faye's plan uh, and I, I love seeing this side of Akali because especially for a long time League of Legends players, uh, this isn't something we get to see too much as far as just Akali being a rambunctious kid. Mm. Um, but it is interesting that the boar that they're hunting is out of the spirit realm. So I like th- there's a lot like kind of already crammed in here because it's like, oh, like, should they be doing this? Like, yeah. Uh, you know, hunger will drive men to do crazy things, uh, and kids are already, you know, prone to be problematic. Uh, so this is already a stretch. So it may be a good thing Akali's jumped in like a wild lad, but <laughs> like, hey, hey, like, let's let's see what happens to Akali. Here. Yeah, ba- balance is a is a main concept here, and things happen for a reason. Um, but sometimes those reasons are unknown by everyone involved. It's kind of the theme of what's going on. So we have the boar come in. It bucks Akali off and gets away. Uh, Faye runs over this nine-year-old. I mean, they're about three years apart, I believe, and starts, you know, telling her, you ruined the plan. You weren't supposed to follow us. You're too young to be out here with us. And Akali kind of shrugs it off, and she's like, well, I was just trying to help. It didn't work out. But I'll give you some of my plums uh, at dinner as an apology. Because to her, that's that's that that will make up for it, right? Because yeah. uh, she uh, doesn't have the she doesn't have the same view as these older kids who are actually trying to become a part of like the military, right? They're trying to prove something. Uh, college is trying to have fun. 
Yeah, and uh, and also like I, I've I've got a, a couple nieces, and one of them's at the toddler age, uh, and there's always a time in a kid's life where they just want to help. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter what it is that they're doing, what what it is you're doing, and it doesn't matter if you tell them no, they're still going to try to help. <laughs> so that, that's it's nice to see that Akali, even though she was having the time of her life jumping on this boar and riding it like a riding like a bucking bronco, <laughs> uh, that she was still like, well, my ultimate goal was to help. Like I knew that y'all were doing something for everybody here, so I want to help. You didn't tell me to help, but. I'm going to help anyways. Yeah. Like some kids are just like that. So I'm taking it, initiative. Yeah. Like it, I, I, I see it as just, you know, being childlike here, which is, oh, of course, yeah. Uh, you know, we got to enjoy it now because it's not going to last. <laughs> it, oh it's not going to last. And this, this is what's going to, this is a, the children aspect of it is very important to Ken inside of this story, which we'll get into in a bit, um, just because of how long he's been around. And how he's essentially like the wise old man, despite being, you know, a young looking squirrel dude. Um, but a little more about the time frame. So this time frame is after Zed's attacks on the Kinku, but it's not just his order uh, attacking these smaller groups. There are remaining members um, that are also taking this opportunity to uh, to take over certain groups, to assimilate certain groups by force. Um, and to also prey on weakness. They have their own Noxus-like uh, motivations. But this group is specifically in the abandoned temple um, east of Thanjul, uh, in high in the mountains, uh, in this lagoon area. And that's where they're hiding out. And these uh, hostile factions don't actually know where they're at. Uh, and because you're looking at, you know, Shen, Mame, and the main group of leaders in this area, uh, them being hidden from everybody is a good thing, uh, especially in this weakened state. So when kids are playing and just being kids, it it's a little bit more dangerous in the situation because there's not really room for them to be noticed just having fun. So there has to be more, they have to be reined in a bit more than most kids would be. Yeah, and as far as like the geographical location here, if uh, if you take a t if you want to take a moment to look at the map of Runeterra, uh, you can see that where the this monastery is at is pretty much like in the middle of the mountain range that separates the civilization of Ionia, which is on the western side of the mountains, mm -hmm. into just almost uncharted lands essentially yeah. like there's nothing uh past them so they are as far away from civilization as ionians really have ever been um which makes it a lot harder because you know they they it's a it's a fractured group that has suffered a giant loss who is away from society that's also trying to maintain balance within wartime which is already super hard to do, but they have to take care of kids on top of all that, exactly. which is why these kids get the chance to just go out and try to kill a, a spirit boar. Like, yeah, who's watching them? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so phase group, naturally they return, they get scolded by Mame. She finds out about them, you know, their foolish actions. 
um, which could have exposed the order, like we mentioned. And then Faye immediately takes full responsibility because we find out she is Mame's apprentice. And Mame gladly lays into her and kind of, you know, doubles down on her irresponsibility. So next to Faye is a collie looking guilty, right, as a young troublemaker would look. Um, but Mame kind of dis dismisses all their excuses and her punishment is like, okay, no dinner tonight. Which means that plum thing kind of works out in Faye's favor <laughs> if Akali's able to get her or watch, pay what she owes. Um, but that night, uh, Mame tells Faye to walk with her and to have a good talking to. Because since Faye is looked like Mame knows Faye is the leader of the group. So all the details and the nuance, especially as her apprentice, she's saving for her rather than the whole group. Right. And, and this is going to be like a very critical, like learning point for, um, for Faye, because, you know, again, we just pointed out that, you know, that nobody's watching these kids. So Mame is trying to really use this as a chance to, you know, have Faye be the one watch these kids, <laughs> because it's like, hey, they already listen to you, even though you're not the oldest. Yeah. Uh, but since they already listen to you and they already follow you, just please listen to what I say yeah. so that I could deal with all of the bull crap that's happening Mame's around trying to us. work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Like, so, you know, props to her. I do find it interesting that she like, and it doesn't come up again, but I find it interesting. She still punishes everybody. Yeah. Um, which I like, it, it's honestly probably still the right move instead of just, you know, like, Oh, you took responsibility. Then you're the only one who doesn't eat. Yeah. Uh, it probably is still the right move. It's just like, yeah, y'all all still messed up though. Like just because, just because, you know, the leader is the one that took you there. Somebody's got to step up and say, hey, no, we, sh <laughs> we shouldn't do this. So I I've, I found that interesting. But yep. it, it is it, it's cool. It's cool to see that, you know, you know, it's like, hey, like all of this turmoil is kind of building up. It was here and they're layering it in really well in the story. Exactly. Oh, they're taking their time. This is like we said, it's a long one. So obviously they take their time to tell the story properly because um, this is a big basis. I mean, it's taken us so long. It's taken us hundreds of episodes to get here um, or over 100 episodes because yep. this is a big key for all the other stuff we're going to talk about. When we talk about the Kinku Order and the Vari Brotherhood and all that. Um, yep. So I'm happy that we finally got here. Me too. So, so excited. They start taking a walk, and Faye, bold choice, is now trying to convince Mame to just initiate the young group uh, to full members. And Mame's like, "What the hell? You're in trouble. What are you? What are you doing? This is not a time to do your elevator pitch." Um, Mame does acknowledge that they're capable immediately, uh, but reminds her that you know patience is a virtue, and that serves here as it does in many cultures in the real world. And then she informs her that, you know, the current imbalance of the mortal and spiritual realm is due to not only in external conflicts from Ionia, but also internal. And it's a balancing act times two. So, you know, Faye never really thought about this. She knew what their current situation is, their part of the order is in, but she's not really skilled enough or at the level of insight where she's able to balance all of these concepts in her mind. And this becomes a theme later on. Yeah, and it is one of the interesting points here 12, that right? yeah, yeah, like she's a kid, but it, one of the interesting things is like, hey, yeah, like there's a lot that you don't understand yet, which is why we're still trying to take our time. Uh, is that the in their conversation, Faye even says we were told it is okay to hunt the boar, 
Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but that was when we first got here. And now we're learning that it's not okay. So like, it's a chance for Faye to learn that it's like, hey, the adults are still figuring it out just as much as we are, which like hasn't really sunk into her yet. Yeah. But also like kind of highlighting just the amount of spiritual turmoil that's happening within all of Ionia. So it's like things that were understood are now in flux. And uh, another cool thing with this scene is that we get to see that the monastery had been there for like a really, really long time. Yeah. Uh, so they're walking in to like a water garden, but they're walking on like old statues that have time lost to memory, which is really cool because it might be something that we get to talk about later when we go deeper into like the living weapons and stuff. You know, when we talk about the guys that have been there for time and memoriam. Exactly. So at the end of this exchange, Faye's starting to realize her place and she silently disagrees with some of her master's points, um, especially emphasis on taking it slow, but she remains respectful. Uh, Mame then finishes by assuring her that you have what it takes. It's not, that's not the question. It's just, it takes time. And she expects her to fully replace Mame as the Fist of Shadow at some point, as Mame has only recently replaced Zed um, because of, you know, the thing he did. And <laughs> this excites, you know, Faye. It keeps her, she's ambitious, um, but she still has a fear that there may not be a Kinku order at that time, which is why she's rushing things. It's this constant fear of losing everything again, um, which once again is another big theme. And this is what takes us into part two of our story. Yeah. And it's nice to see that we do get a little bit of growth within this conversation alone, because, you know, it went from starting off with, yeah, you're in trouble, but you're still giving me the elevator pitch of, you know, just promote the, promote all the kids already. Yeah. Um, and then she's like already within this conversation learning like, okay, now is not the time to tell Mame I disagree with her. <laughs> Just like, I'll sit on it for right now. I'll sit on it for right now. And so, yeah. So our story then shifts to Akali in the second part and she's in calligraphy. Oh my gosh. Calligraphy class. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and subconsciously it, it's about, especially for the younger group, it's about learning virtues subconsciously. Uh, which she hit, despises all the Kinku virtues because it doesn't allow her to have fun. Suddenly we get our, you know, man of the hour. Kenan appears at the door and excited Kali starts to begin to chase him. Just runs out of class. Uh, naturally, she's unable to catch him, but he, you know, he plays with her a bit. And they stop the rest of the tree trunk. And this leads to a discussion between him and Akali. And Akali first asks him about Shen, right, following his recent loss. So we now know that you know, we've been harping on it, but his dad just died. Kusho was his father and he just died. So even though he's also now become, you know, the leader, quote unquote, of this Kinku order, uh, he's going through his own things. And Akali, even though being so young, is able to recognize that very early. Yeah. And even with the this conversation, we get to see like the thought process Akali's going through where she doesn't really understand it at first. And then she starts putting pieces together to help her understand it, which is nice. But I also like, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Okay. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Mm. So it's very it. much I against my it. nature. I know it's coming. I've been very, planning on this. You, <laughs> say it. you monster. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it was really refreshing to see Kenan uh, playing with Akali here because Kenan is such a tight ass. <laughs> and, then, and then it's like, oh, right. 
he is still a yordle. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, oh, yeah, like this kid's pretty fast. Yeah, let's put in game a tag. <laughs> so, you heard it here first. Yordles are all the same. That's Hatch's words, not, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Kenan is a Yordle, which means he's been around a long time, but he is super wise. And he's not just a Yordle, he's a Yordle that's been in Ionia the majority of his life. So he he's talking to Akali in a way that works for Akali. There's a reason this is juxtaposed next to what we just had Mame and uh, Faye having their discussion for a purpose. So when Ken's talking to Akali, he brings up like the incident with the boar, um, which leads Akali to kind of question why her mother, who is Mame, focuses so much on Faye instead of her. And then Kenning, being the wise person he is, he kind of gives her perspective between her losing her father, who was also killed by Zed, and then Faye losing both of her parents. And her mother, specifically, was Mame's best friend. So you're already starting to get the complex family dynamic that's happening here. And this helps Akali begin to truly understand all the pain and loss everyone is going through, not just her as a nine-year-old. Because I lost one, she lost two, right? That, that To her, she's able to put those two pieces together. But Kenan reassures her that in due time, she will become a great member of the order, just like everyone else, and worthy of her mother's praise. Uh, and then he tells her, okay, get back to class. I have to go to a boring meeting. Um, I don't know, Zoom, Discord. But he has to head off to that, and he just disappears because he's Kenneth, right? He has, he's always doing it in style. He's basically Raiden. I don't know if we said this. <laughs> we, <laughs> I feel like after 100 episodes, we probably should have mentioned this part because we do a lot of crossovers of lore and stuff like that. If you know Mortal Kombat, <laughs> Kenneth is Raiden. I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, we he let, is we, straight up Raiden. Oh, like, we, we forgot to tell you that part. Hey, hey, you know what? I'm putting the blame on you because you're the big fighting game fan. All right? Like, I'm just a casual. I, I'm a filthy casual, all right? You take the fighting game seriously. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, the it is, um, it, it's great to get, like, the, the breakdown of the family dynamics here because, like, as far as for the readers, um, like, it's really putting th that into perspective better for us. But we also get to see... Um, we also kind of get to see like the beginning of uh, what we read in Kenan's bio because we know in, from Kenan's bio that Kenan was very much in favor of Akali mm -hmm. being the success the successor of the Shadow Fist, and I like to see that as far as that it's not being ham fisted in here. He's being very subtle about it. Yeah, because we, I mean, if you're playing a game of tag with a ninja. And not only just a ninja, but you're playing a game of tag with freaking Raiden, yeah. who's just gonna like lightning teleport himself uh, across like just all the lands. <laughs> like, yeah, like you're you're probably pretty freaking fast if yeah. that's like your way of having fun. So it makes sense. That it's like, yeah, like let her do some killing too. <laughs> she she can almost keep up with me. Like, yeah, let her go. Yeah. This, this, another, we're going to keep saying it. This becomes a theme too of Kenan kind of slowly pushing the, um, as far as, you know, NFL drafts are coming up. He's like, how about this player? Right. That kind of thing. Yep. And yep. this takes us to directly to the meeting, right. Which is cool to see. Uh, and the meeting in question takes place. Naturally, it's a bunch of overpowered ninjas at the peak of a mountain summit. 
And of course. <laughs> we, we have seen Japanese media. And as it stands, it's currently just Kenan, Mame, and Mame decided to bring Faye along so she can see how this all happens at the top level. Uh, and they're trying to decide the next course of action. So naturally, based on their positions, uh, Mame is pushing for action while Kenan is focusing on restraint in these trying times. And as Faye's observing, you know, she's trying to focus on what's going on, even though not much is happening besides an argument. Uh, in her eyes and trying not to freeze to death because she mentions, I don't get how they have the fortitude to not only have a very serious discussion, but in these weather conditions. <laughs> and and I love that because there's already like, we already have like the super campy feel of the, the overpowered ninjas at the top of a mountain. Yeah. But like Shin, Shin isn't, Shin doesn't wear sleeves. Uh, Kenan is just like in a pajamas. Yeah. And oh, top of a mountain's freaking cold. So at least like there's one <laughs> at least there's one person at the top of this mountain that's being human here and just like what how the hell are they doing this? <laughs> so we have them going back and forth and Faye is kind of watching this, obviously fatigued. Um but she's intrigued that when Mame is dealing with her peers versus her, she's usually telling Faye to be restrained, right? To wait, to have patience. But when it's a meeting time, her position is always to push for action and um, proactive resolution. And Kenan, you know, Kenan mentions that his his trump card in this discussion is that, oh, no, no, I already checked out what's going on. There's Noxian soldiers uh, that are obviously a threat. Uh, there's Ionian defenders who reluctantly are banding together. There's Vestaya involved, which that surprised me. And they're uncertain on where their allegiance falls, which is another interesting point. And then there's spies everywhere. Everyone has fucking spies. So this puts him at a standstill where Mame's obviously shocked that he has this information, but she also knows it's Kenan. So he's able to do these covert uh, missions without anyone noticing. Uh, but then you know, they are like, okay, well, how about we get insight from the third party? Where the fuck is the Eye of Twilight? Yeah. Uh, and it is funny because, again, like, you know, Mame knows not to doubt the information Kenan's given because mm -hmm. Kenan's just Raiden. And you don't exactly. doubt the God of Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> you don't doubt the God of Thunder. Yeah. Uh, it is nice to see, though, that, you know, the Vistaya are involved because obviously it is still the lands of Ionia. And we know from reading, like, the end of Ari's bio is that uh, there's a unrest amongst the Vestaya and maybe that's her outlet to try to find out answers about her memory loss mm -hmm. and to find the rest of her tribe. But the, like this means that it's like pretty early on into the conflict of Noxus and Ionia that the Vestaya were already getting involved. Like, because of the other stories we've gotten so far has been a thing of like the Vestaya have just been very patient of just yeah. like, okay, keep killing us. <laughs> but no, no, that wasn't the case. <laughs> so Shen arrives in a very subdued manner. Like it's not, it's already an extreme scene. So no, no cinematography happening here. He's just there. Um, and Faye essentially rolls her eyes the moment he arrives because she knows they were already indecisive. Nothing's getting done. Uh, Mame continues to push her point, uh, but alas, Shen kind of sits on the fence. He's in the middle, and he's also recently joined his position. That's the other part. The only person that's senior right now is Kenan. <laughs> Keep that in mind, and that's just because <laughs> yeah. of how old Kenan is. The other two have just been promoted to their executive positions. So promoted against their will. Go ahead. Say that. It was they were promoted against their will. Oh, exactly. 
Yeah. In the worst <laughs> way possible because of death and destruction and yep. imbalance. And Shen decides, after all this time, drum roll, to meditate again. Because he came from meditation. <laughs> and a collie fucking girl, Faye called it. She was like, this dude is useless. Yeah. I in Shin's defense, before he says <laughs> that he's going to meditate on it, yeah. uh, Shin does mention that part of his meditation is that he's trying to remove his own personal feelings uh towards Zed and what has happened within the uh within the Kinku order itself. He's trying to remove himself from that because yeah. he's realizing that Zed is now in his own way restoring balance specifically in the physical realm of Ionia. Yeah. Because Zed Zed was very much against the idea of the Kinku doing nothing when the Noxian invaders came in. So, yeah, he killed a bunch of Kinku on his way out, but Zed is also kind of killing everybody? Yeah. So Shin is realizing that it's like, hey, it might not be such a bad idea to not go after Zed. And Kenan even and like Kenan lets him say that point and then looks at Mame and says, again, to my point, it's complicated because so Kenan kind of agrees with him that Zed is playing his role, whether they like it or not. And so it makes sense if you think of it in that way that you've got to meditate on it. But especially for a brash kid who is desperately trying to get promoted into adult work. That is definitely like, oh, of course Shen's doing nothing. Yeah. We should be killing people. We're the king who. Let's go kill people. <laughs> all this ninja for what? <laughs> what do we have all this, all this Shen ability is, for? Yeah, Shen is still the worst ninja. <laughs> He's still the worst ninja in action and tank. The So this this is also supposed to be a point where we see... Obviously, we just got the perspective of how Akali, another young child, sees Shen versus how Faye sees Shen and his position. And we even get some, you know, some internal from Faye here where she's thinking back to how when they grow up, they they keep an eye on how a child's progressing in one of those three disciplines and try to push them towards that side. Obviously, if Mame's meant to be the apprentice to Faye, she's being the apprentice for the purpose of becoming a fist of shadow, which means she would want to push action. So her view of Shen is not going to be positive, right? Because that's a different order. That's a different way of thinking than what she's literally been raised to think. Yeah. And it, it, I I mean, it's, it's kind of weird because it, it doesn't make sense that Mame is trying to really rein in Faye while she is, very much just not reining herself in at all. Yeah. Because like, it, it's not a thing of like, she's walking away from this meeting with a better understanding of why they're doing nothing. She's walking away from this meeting. Like that was a huge waste of time. Yeah. And with, for Faye walking away from that saying it's a huge waste of time. Perfectly fine. Mame. Who's the one trying to encourage restraint. She should not be walking away from that saying it was a waste of time. Exactly. It, it, it's, yeah. You can see her frustration leaking, which is part of it. This is all on purpose, guys. This the story is very well written. Yes, it, it is. It's very well written. It's all on purpose. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll, we'll get to where this all comes back around. But they decide Shen's still sitting up there, you know, thinking about things. So they just start heading down the the mountain. Uh, and Mame kind of openly but respectfully kind of mentions, you know, maybe 
the apple did far, fall a bit far from the tree when it came to Master Kusho versus Shen. And Kenan immediately kind of makes a nod of, hey, you know, chill with that. Because if you can jump to the conclusion that sometimes things, sometimes the blood uh, does not transfer properly to the next, uh, to the, you know, child, uh, so that they have the same power as the master, uh, you're a case in which that wasn't the, the, the issue. Like you have as much potential as your parents. So don't cough, just immediately cough, cross cough. him off because he disagrees with you because him disagreeing with you is part of the whole job. Um, and he doesn't do so lightly. And that's on top of the fact that he too is a human like us, part of the order, part of his family. And he has lost someone very important to him or lost two people, his father and his best friend. Yeah. Uh, and it's also like a, like this is such a nice and well-written remark uh, from Kenan because it's also a nudge of like, Hey, you know, if you know what, let's assume you're right. And Shen did fall far from the family tree. We know someone who didn't fall far from the family tree mm -hmm. and that's a collie. And yeah. we know that Kenan is trying to push for Mame to take a collie under her wing, not Faye. Yeah. Uh, so it, th this was such a well-written remark here, and, and which uh, it's good that they have it well-written because Kenan's supposed to be the wisest one out of all of them. Exactly. Because he's been around the longest uh, in like a really long time. So yeah, like this, this th that little conversation of with them walking away from the meeting is so cool. Yeah. Uh, even though nothing happens. Yeah, not, not, like all meetings. So if you remember our intro, <laughs> there you yeah. go. So this takes us to part three. We start to wrap this up. And Faye returns to find Akali waiting for her in her pajamas, um, you know, given by her, given to her by her father. Uh, remember her father, Mame's husband, passed away um, during Zed's attacks. And Akali hands her a plum that she promised, you know, Faye. And Faye's kind of confused because Akali also wasn't allowed to have dinner. How does she have plums? And Faye notices that she's afraid um, of not like she's kind of shaking during this interaction, but she's also afraid of food being taken from them or them having to run again and not having enough and having to start from scratch. So she's been storing food. And this is a way for her to see this young child's anxiety and how that relates to Faye's confusion about all the bigger things that she's trying to, you know, comprehend as well. And Akali reveals to her openly that she's afraid the bad people will return and that they may have to escape again. And she doesn't want to be torn apart from the little family she has left, uh, which is very understandable uh, for her to feel this way. Because remember, she recently, Akali recently had a talk with Kenan. So now her thoughts are more concise and she understands better how she feels, and this kind of starts to bring tears to Faye's eyes, but Faye holds back and immediately turns that into anger. This becomes another theme, and, you know, Faye, frustrated that she still doesn't understand all the moving pieces the adults are talking about, tells Akali, you know, go to bed, uh, gives her a long hug, uh, which is another thing you should remember, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. you know, lets some tears fall a bit from her eye. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, for anyone out there who... Noticing. Yeah. For anyone out there who really likes um, what me and my brother refer to as the genre of children in peril, um, we're, we're, we're about to really dig into there. <laughs> um, because already these kids are dealing with a lot of heavy issues and a loss of the losses of a lot of very important people in their lives. And yeah, just remember that. Just remember <laughs> that. And on to the next. <laughs> and and I, 
uh, correction, sorry. She didn't let the tear fall. She sucked it back in. What's that? Uh, what's the? Is it Pixar or DreamWorks where it's like the cop dude and he he's like, oh, that brings a tear to my eye and it's starting to come out. And he's like, get back in there and he sucks it back up. Yeah, I think uh, I, I want to say it was Pixar. Um, <laughs> I, it was cloudy with the chance of me. That's what it was. Is yes, what, is what that is from. That's I can't the remember scene that came to my mind so. immediately. Yeah, get back in there. <laughs> <laughs> so this moves to uh, the next day. Faye's practicing archery, and she kind of has some alone time with herself. Uh, this is how she distracts herself from this feeling of hopelessness with everything related to the kinku. Uh, Mame is currently on a mission, and Kenan is standing guard in the lagoon uh, while he's also playing with Akali. So Akali's taken care of. He he has her interests. And Hiso, one of Faye's friends, uh, part of that original kid group, uh, tells her, hey, come play with us in the Southern, Southern Valley. Faye knows that's a big no-no. We shouldn't go there because Mame doesn't want us there. And he so reminds her, that's why we're going. She's not around. <laughs> that's the reason we're going. So against her better judgment, she says, all right, I'll join you. But after I practice, I'll finish my practice uh, for today. And, you know, there's some adult decision making there. I Like... Tell me, tell me this is a Japanese inspired story without telling me it's a Japanese inspired story. And this is the scene that would take it in, which is they just got reprimanded for being dumb kids. As soon as mom is gone, they're going to be dumb kids again. Yep. And then what makes it Japanese? Okay, yeah, we can be dumb kids again. But first, I must finish my club activities. Like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so... As she's thinking about this, archery for her is like every day for Shen. She, it's meditative, right? This is when this is when she has time to to be with herself. <laughs> and there, she talks about or thinks about, and this is where we get some insight into how they view combat versus the meditation process of uh, weaponry use uh, in the kinku practice known as Neo and Niar. So she always struggles with Neo, which is the meditative process, um, that aspect. And due to her constant wandering mind, this makes it even more of a thing. And what we're starting to get more of a sense of is something that we all know about, ADHD mixed with anxiety. These two parts start to become very clear in certain children, right, and certain characters in the story. And it's obvious that Faye's struggling throughout this is making that apparent. And the, I never thought we would have a Star Guardian callback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you listen to Star Guardian, we do talk a lot about Lux's character and how this kind of plays into the overarching uh, scheme of a lot of characters where you can look at it and be like, oh, they have anxiety, right? Yep. Which makes sense I, in, in what they're currently dealing with. And let's all just take a moment and be very grateful that Faye is not a member of the Star Guardians. Oh, yeah. that, that that would be an exhausting episode. <laughs> There's already enough angst in that team rom com, right? <laughs> we don't need yeah, any more. Hundred percent. So all these issues are making it harder for her to concentrate on what she's doing, and that's coming through with her performance. So she's struggling to hit the target uh, because her mind is racing through these frustrations. Then she finally takes a deep breath, remembers Mame, remembers what Master Kusho talk, told her when she was younger, and she's able to clear her mind and she hits the target gracefully and continues to hit the target and she can feel her mind organizing things uh, and clearing up. And she's starting to find her own answers to these questions. Yeah. And it is nice uh, to see as far as 
you know, the this growth within Faye because this is something that we really needed to see leading into this next part of the story. Yeah. Uh, which, like, I, I think that, like, if we didn't have this, this next part of the story isn't going to make a lot of sense uh, <laughs> as far as just, like, how the hell are they going to do it? But um, it is really... It's just so crazy to see that it's just like the, immediately the next day after they didn't get to eat dinner for being dumb kids, <laughs> they're gonna go be dumb kids. Like, yeah. Uh, so, but but yeah, the, her her I would say just go read at least like this section of the story of her really having that inner turmoil with herself. Like it, it, this is really well written. Yeah, yeah. So she completes her practice like she planned on, but after she's cleared her mind. She's like, okay, maybe I shouldn't go play in the valley and probably tell them to come back, but I don't want them waiting for me until night. So I'm going to go let them know. So she no longer feels like participating in the game. She starts heading out there, but when she arrives, no one is there. She can't see anything. No one is visible. And she has this feeling that something is not right. So she readies her bow because she has it on her. Remember, she was just at practice. And suddenly she hears a whistle. That's good. Uh, It was the group, but they're all well hidden and in silence. They're kind of grouped up. And one of them points in a direction and she follows where they're pointing. And there's 20 warriors with tiger tattoos uh, that we know about. And they're kind of just scouting around and looking around. Um, We'll talk more about how their behavior is different from how it used to be. Like they don't treat things with respect. So they're just hacking and slashing plants. They're making themselves visible because they think nothing is around here. Uh, And these people are a part of the Navori Brotherhood. And the way they write the Navori Brotherhood here is so well done, especially if you follow a lot of like uh, Asian media, because one of the reasons that a lot of Asian cultures do not really uh, do not really look lightly upon tattoos is that tattoos were traditionally used to mark criminals. Yes. Uh, so it's like criminals would use tattoos as a way of like having their uh, uh, having their uniform, right? Yeah. So it's like if your if your ink was right, I knew which side of the fence you were on. Uh, so the the use of them here for the Navori is really good, and it's a great it's a great Asian touch of like, yeah, these are bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and that's where we leave off. Obviously, on a cliffhanger, what's going to happen next? Um, so this is part one, we tried. We flew through this one. (laughs) I know it doesn't feel like it. And thanks if you made it to the end of this episode. Um, But the consolation prize is that uh, you won't have to wait the full, you know, we release every week on Cadence. Uh, This one will be followed by part two very soon after. So you'll have this one a couple days later, you'll have the next one. Um, So keep an eye out for that. For, For now though, thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with part two of this yeah, take story. care everybody yeah imagine if we did this all in one thing and be like a two-hour episode oh, <laughs> god we'd get canceled <laughs> all right well take care everybody <laughs>